As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Did you know that more than 113,000 children are waiting to be adopted from foster care? Ellie was one of them. When she was placed in foster care at 16, after experiencing significant abuse, she felt unlovable. Thankfully, Ellie was adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Today, she's planning on college and has a bright future. But more than 20,000 teens age out of care every year. You can help. Visit DaveThomasFoundation.org slash learn more. And we are back for another installment of Keep It Real. I have the wonderful Danny Pellegrino joining me again this week, twice this week on Keep It. Uh, my luck. And I need you now to, first of all, fill me in because I was sick and I could not make BravoCon last weekend. How was it? Because you weren't at the one last year. I was in the New York one. And now right. uh, you got to go to the Vegas one, which looked like it was giving like um, blockbuster movie sequel. It was like bigger <laughs> sets, more Bravo celebrities. <laughs> yes. And I had only been to the, well, hi, buddy. It's so good to see you again. Good um, to but see you. I, I had only been to the first year, so I missed the second year. But so I was only comparing it to that first year, but it did seem like BravoCon on steroids in the best way. It was so much was going on. I liked that everything was in like one location. So it didn't feel so spread out like it it does often in New York, or Mm -hmm. at least I've heard from the last year in New York as well. And so I thought it was a great time. And my only one complaint is that the lighting was kind of all over the place. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, with pictures with the housewives and stuff, everybody looks so different in every different lighting. <laughs> it's like they need to work that out for maybe next year. But other than that, I thought everything was like so smooth. I thought the panels were great. I thought the access to Bravo celebrities was really fun. Just like walking around and seeing people walk around, whether it be even in the casinos or the hotels, you saw people mm. walking around or at the actual convention center. A lot of people were walking around. So I thought it was so much fun and, and really well organized. There, it didn't seem to be any hiccups in um, tech or backstage or any of those kinds of things, at least that I noticed. So I thought it was so fun. I was disappointed you weren't there because I was so excited to have some cocktails with you, but next year. I know. Um, I would have loved to hit the craps table too with one of the housewives, but I know. tell me about, so you hosted the OC panel, right? Yeah, I did the Orange County and the Miami panels, and those were really fun. And uh, it was a challenge on stage. It is hard because their crowds are so loud and excited. It's like wrestling. It is like Like, those people are screaming constantly. It's sort of like it's very British reality TV. Like, I don't know if you've watched like a lot of British stuff. I'm watching uh, Big Brother UK right now, and if you've seen like regular, even clips of regular Big Brother, it's just like, it's just Julie Chen and this audience. And you know, like Julie Chen will shoot you if you <laughs> scream while she is talking. But for UK Big Brother, while they're doing the show, while they're doing live evictions, like the audience is screaming and they're going like, get Paul out, 
get put like they're screaming things oh at my God. the contestants. And I feel like BravoCon is just that. There's people screaming at people. There's people. I saw so many clips of people going up to the mic and asking wild as hell questions and i'm like where do you get so even like the balls to go up and ask like someone like when asking kyle like when are you gonna get your head out of teddy's ass i know people are so bold (laughs) and the audience i was very lucky for my two panels the audience's questions were great i thought it was Mm -hmm. a tricky balance um i have to watch big brother now because that sounds amazing but uh (laughs) i yeah it's the it was challenging on stage to hear because you have an earpiece in and then mm-hmm. uh, connected. And then all of the housewives are there. And for both of my panels, it was like the housewives plus the friend of. So it was a very large group of people plus a loud crowd. So it was hard to really hear ex- as well as I think it would I would have liked to, um, mm-hmm. all that was going on. But otherwise, I thought everything went really well. And those questions from the audience, I, I kind of felt like moderating the best idea was to like go into the panel and ask those questions that everyone wanted. So like for Orange County, the very first thing that I asked was about Shannon's DUI. Cause it's like mm-hmm. the audience, that's what they're sitting there for. That's what they're most interested in hearing about. It's like, let's get that mm-hmm. out of the way. And then also I, it's, I think it, I thought the better strategy was for like the panel to address it right off the top. Otherwise those audience questions will come in and they'll be asked in a much more aggressive way after people, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) after people have been boozing and stuff. Um, so, but I felt lucky. I, all the questions that people asked in mine and, um, Miami too, I, I sort of went into the Miami panel thinking that it was going to be one thing. And then it turned out to be more of like a celebration of Gertie announcing she's cancer free and it became a little more, um, heartfelt and stuff. So I think, uh, it turned out great in, in so many different ways, but yeah, I thought they were so fun. Yeah. I love that. I think the Miami was one of the best panels. So oh, thank you. Congrats. Thank I saw you. bits of that. Um, yeah, it went well. It was a good mix. And and all of the women, we did have a little of the, a tiny few moments of the shade or the, the infighting or whatever that fans, I think, tend to like from those things. But for the most part, it was like really supportive and great. And I think uh, the Miami women, I love that show. And I think it's so good. So I was excited it's about it. Bravo's Best Housewives franchise. Yeah, currently. Ira, why aren't people, I don't know if people... Well, I mean, I guess people are watching it, but I just, I don't know if people embrace it in the way that they should, because it really is so consistently good. I know. I mean, it's the same way that for a while Potomac was the best one, and now Miami's taking it over. And even then when Potomac was the biggest one, like, were people paying enough attention to it as they should have? So we're in such like an interesting, fun renaissance for Bravo, and I just want the eyeballs to be on it. Totally. It was funny too to, I think Alexia had maybe a bad season last season and now she's like becoming oh, she this did. peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was but, very Teresa Light last year. Uh, I love her, but it was, um, it's I love so her funny. Too. Yeah, it's so funny now she's, um, she's become the peacemaker. And so even on the panel, it was funny to like see that side of her that was coming out. And I don't mm-hmm. know, it was just all so funny to me. Yeah. And also talking uh, to the women like backstage before I tried to introduce myself because some of them I knew and some of them I didn't know, but I was, I was trying to like talk to them and, and also just read the temperature of the group to see if there's anything. Obviously they have questions that they want us to ask, but uh, you know, I was trying to see like, well, can I go rogue here? Or like, what can I ask? Mm-hmm. Or what's this relationship dynamic like? But it seemed like the Miami women really got along and even the Orange County women too. I felt like backstage i was i was looking to see who's fighting or whatever and everyone seemed to be getting along which was 
was good, but it also seemed like there was enough kind of juice in the tank for them all to have more stuff to come in the seasons ahead. But yeah. That's why I, I love Miami because I feel like the best sort of recipe for housewives, um, and this will lead me into Roni, um, the biggest thing coming out of Bravo kind of feel like, um, the best sort of recipe for housewives is literally you want them to be able to fight with one another, have disagreements, but you also want them to still be able to have fun with each other. When you set up, you know, like the sides at the reunion where, and there's one couch and another couch, you do not want it to literally be like two alliances fighting with each other though, where they all hate each other, except for the people they're sitting next to, you know? I totally agree. I think the shows work best when there's layers. So even though the couches on the reunion are going to be like, usually one side and two side, I still want those other sides, one side to be friends with one woman from the other side. And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I want those relationships. I think they work best when they overlap because I think when the housewives tend to be on one side or the other, then the show becomes kind of flat. And then also I feel like it takes us out of the show a little bit because it becomes less realistic. It feels like they're they're just picking the side that works best for them Right. I don't know. I don't know if that makes Potomac, sense. Potomac, yeah. literally, right now, it's just like two factions, you know? It's like you're either Karen, Candace, or Wendy, or everyone else. And the only thing that's really exciting me about this current season is the fact that Karen and Giselle are back to being friendly again. Even at BravoCon, when they were throwing shade at each other, Karen said something about Giselle, but then she followed it up with, but see, that's why I love Giselle, and that's why she and I work well together on the show. Like, they get it. Yeah. More than anyone else. I caught the second half of the Potomac panel. It was the best thing I had seen at Bravo. Rachel Lindsay moderated, and she did such a great job of balancing. She's so fucking good. She's the best, yeah. And she just did a great job of balancing all of the things we want from that panel. And the women too, I thought they just really did a good job. But one thing, just quickly going back to Miami, I want to mention is that I do think Adriana and Larsa have a kind of frenemy ship or whatever. I love it. (laughs) Like it is so good. And I don't know if people appreciate it in the way, obviously we love Karen and Giselle scenes together, but I love Mm -hmm. like Adriana and Larsa communicating in any way. And I think they're getting along right now, but I find it, the two of them in a scene together just cracks me the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, Adriana's the one who, she's the friend of on Miami who serves sort of like she could be main cast member. Still, I think, I'm like, Andy, do you not like her or something? Like, she was giving you choreo video last season. Her walking into the premiere with the white flag. I'm like, she is a star. She is. Like, give her the mojito. We chatted or chanted on stage, like, give her a mojito at one point. But I agree. I don't really understand, like, why they're not. I, maybe it's a, I don't know, a contract thing or I don't know what it is. But yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So lastly, Roni, um, this was so exciting and weird because obviously Ramona Singer wasn't there. But Avery uh, was. Did you hear that? But a- girl, Yes. I mean, Avery was there selling her stuff she's got to get the bag right and also i think they pay so much for those bizarre boots i don't know how much yeah she was like for. i'm not missing it yeah like they prepaid that thing so somebody had to show it was like going to be her or ray from new york like one of the, somebody from new york was showing up for that bizarre so they showed the roni legacy trailer and what was the reaction that weekend just from people like seeing it were people excited to see the roni women back i know i'm excited to see them and i didn't hate the reboot 
I liked at the end of it all, I would give it a C plus as a season. And I think that that's the A is for Jessel, Pavit, and Jenna. And everyone else gets like a D. (laughs) (laughs) So it's balanced. So it's pretty much a D. But then it's really, yeah, okay. C plus. Um, I I do love Bryn. Like I'm sort of obsessed with Bryn. I do enjoy her too. I think she had a very strong beginning of the season where we were learning about her identity and it made her interesting in a way we haven't really seen on sort of like the White Housewives shows, like talking about race like that. But then her dance, then she just sort of became sort of like comic relief towards the end and didn't really have much storyline. I wanted sort of more from her and the Gideon person. I feel like these women more so than any of the other housewives are busy hiding relationships. Mm-hmm. Her, yeah. Uba, like what, like what, truly, what is going on? And if, if you're you dating a man, I want to see him on camera. Exactly. If you're doing to do the show, like we're going to need to see it. I, I need to see Jenna, like want to be there. Like I thought yeah. she, she's interesting, and I'm interested in her, but it doesn't seem like she wants to be there. And so your girlfriend's and, not Big Papa, okay? Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and I would almost love that better. Like if Jenna's going to hide the significant other, then like let's make it a funny thing. Like let's make uh-huh. it a something. But yeah, and I thought the casting for the new New York was great, but it was too long. Mm-hmm. I was thought it was the season was so boring because it was all stretched out. But mm-hmm. I love all the women, and I, I think next season will be really good. And I'm very excited about them coming together. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm obsessed with Bryn. I thought Jessel was incredible, and so I think all the ingredients are there. I just and hopefully next season they'll have a chance to really be cohesive. And also, I want more of like the dynamics between each other. And not so much of in, I, it need, was great. We got to you know need their interpersonal dynamics. You need now they're going to be reacting to how people react to um, them on camera. And I mean, you know, I'm not saying we need a Giselle on the show, but we definitely do need like a little Kyle Richards, a like mm. a Kenya Moore, someone like someone has to be giving you like I'm putting on my producer hat because if right. Jenna is not going to talk about who she's dating, then Someone you need to, to be messy. at lunch with the other girls and be like, so Jenna's dating this person. Why haven't we seen them? You know, like right. bringing up Uba's thing when they got mad at her about it. I'm like, okay, someone should be talking about who you're dating in Connecticut. Like that right. should be a storyline. Right. There was an element too. I felt like they were all a little uh, hesitant to even confront Jenna about anything. And of course, of course. She's Jenna fucking lines. I would be the same way, but it's on a show like that. We need to no one to be afraid of anyone. You need um, another star, yeah. like yeah. when, uh, like when um, Yolanda Hadid was not afraid of Lisa Vanderpump. Yeah, yeah. That's I, whenever they're afraid of each other, it like never works. But yeah, I did meet Sai briefly too at BravoCon. I thought she was really nice and lovely. Uh, She's nice in person yeah. and lovely. I interviewed her. I met her at um, a um, Mark Jacobs party like recently, and. Um, I think she's fun in person. I hate her behavior on the show. But. Yeah, it was, she had a. It was not a a good season for her. Yeah. yeah. So um, Roni the, Legacy, but the, the legacy, trailer. Yeah, the trailer was so good. But I also have to just say the legacy women kind of going around. It's it's particularly with like Luann and Sonia. Those are the ones who I saw a lot. They are mm-hmm. just superstars in that world. Like the fans love the two of them, and people mm-hmm. go nuts. And Dorinda too. It's like they. There's a an energy with them, and so I think people are really excited about the new Roni. But then uh, it was so thrilling to get to see. I thought the trailer was so good of Roni Legacy. It, it was. It, it was like it was pure innocent fun. 
you know? Yeah. Like they, were just, yeah. <laughs> they were like laughing with each other. You got some one-liners. Like it's, there are people with history. I actually think, you know, lastly, just to say about this roadie legacy and like future things with Housewives is we're in such an interesting place where they're finally expanding the universe in a way that I feel like we've always wanted. And I think even they were talking about shakeups with Atlanta or something, right? You know, I think now we're in a space where if you're fired from when you were fired from Bravo, you were sort of fired. Right. And we never saw you again. And now with BravoCon and now with this other stuff, if you're fired from Bravo, you sort of get everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you still get you to still film. And I, to me, actually, as a, if I was in the cast, that seems like the ideal scenario because they get paid a ton of money to go on that girl's trip. And it's like a week or two of filming. And then, of course, they have to do confessionals and stuff. But... So I think it seems great. I was at the airport with Kristen Takeman before. I had mm. never met her before, but we ended up chatting a little bit at the airport of going to BravoCon. And so I was trying to get like as much dirt as possible as I could. But I, even talking to Herb and then also talking to some other people like involved in the show, I do think that she'll have a good season and it'll mm. be like, a, I don't know. She seems like looser. And I, I don't, at least from what I've heard, I think we'll end up liking her, but I, I could be For wrong. For people about like that. that it's very beneficial to go on girl's trip because you can restart your entire Bravo career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she kind of jokingly says they just ran out of people. And so they asked her, <laughs> which is probably true. I, I'm sure yeah. that's true, but uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, but all those women, I, I think that group of women has such a history together that no matter what they're doing on screen, I love the crappy Lake, crappy Lake show. I would love yeah. it if they did a season two of that or even, you know, they could add in a Dorinda to that or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's fun how they're using the women in different ways. But the Girls Trip trailer, I just thought, like, yeah, that's what these shows, it seems great. That's what we want to see. Dramatic uh, and funny and, and Dorinda uh, giving us an insane line about eagles and pigeons <laughs> and breadcrumbs. Like, it's what I need. Well, thank you for being here to talk BravoCon with me, Danny. And speaking of those women, coming up next, I have... The Countess Luann uh, joining me. And she's a superstar. We're going to have a good time. Iris, she's like the best. She's a superstar. She's a star. Yeah, she's, a, she's, she's, a she's an star. icon. 100%. Yeah. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand... That was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. 
I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Explore the world's hidden wonders on the Atlas Obscura podcast, a village in India where everyone's name is a song, a boiling river in the Amazon, a spacecraft cemetery in the middle of the ocean. Every day, the Atlas Obscura podcast will blow your mind in 15 minutes. You can find it on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. You know her as a countess, but we know her as a queen. Today on Keep It, we have a legendary Housewives alum, but not only is she a popular cabaret entertainer selling out shows all over the country, she's been flexing her small town muscles on her new show, Luann and Sonia. Welcome to Crappy Lake. Please welcome to keep it the woman who puts the chic in C'est la vie, Luann de la Seps. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an intro. Thank you, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lovely to have you here. Um, and I guess I just have to ask, you know, um, what was it like, you know, doing this show with Sonia and having this sort of be a time away from, you know, the regular schedule of doing Roni for years? Right, right. Well, I mean, it's completely different. You know, Sonia and I, um, we were surprised when we got this call, you know, last year, which was, would you girls, you know, like to do this, et cetera. And, um, you know, we, we jumped on it, you know, we're small town girls at heart, you know, we grew up in small towns. Of course, our life has changed since then, but, um, we are small town girls at heart. And so when they asked us to do this, it was like, I mean, how great to be able to go into a town, help people, um, you know, work with the mayor to improve the town. Um, you know, it's produced by, um, Russell, 
and uh, Jay and um, Jeff Jenkins, who produced The Simple Life originally, and they produced all the mm -hmm. Kardashians. Uh, and so we got to work with a great production team. And um, so it's kind of Simple Life meets Schitt's Creek uh, mm -hmm. kind of show. And to be able to work with the mayor and improve the town again and um, you know build a, build a playground for children and help with the dog shelter and you know do a variety show, which is right up my alley, and Sonia's and... Um, and work with, with the locals was really great. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what to expect when we arrived. Mm -hmm. uh, but I must say, we really fell in love with these people. The The motel since then has added an additional wing. Uh, they were sold ah. out for next year. They are sold out that. for next year. The Luann and Sonia suite is like hot. And so... So it, it, it felt really great to be able to, to shift from the housewives to do something where, you know, it's really about helping others uh, and really mm -hmm. not focused on us so much. Um, and, you know, I love comedy. You know, it's part of what I do in Cabaret. Uh, so, and Sonia as well. And I think, you know, when they came to the network and said, who do you have? They handpicked me and Sonia, you know, uh, so people compare us to Laverne and Shirley, the odd couple. We even have the initials of Laverne and Shirley. Lou and you Sonia. Do. <laughs> we do. L. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so, um, you know, we jumped on it and it was just, it, it was a dream job for me, you know, to be able to do comedy, help people at the same time and, you know, and use our chops, you know, of what we know what to do in life in terms of kind of being Renaissance women. Like we can decorate, we can do, uh, you of know, course. a variety show. We can, you know, we can build a playground. We can, you know, do all of these things. Uh, and so they picked the right team. So it was yeah, a great you got experience. to flex some different muscles than you would exactly. usually on the show. And um, I saw that you got to meet at least Bryn Whitfield recently. Sort of what was your yes. interaction with her? And have you met any of the other women from the show? Well, you know, I, I met Bryn the other night at God's Love. And um, mm -hmm. and she was like, what did she say? You're the Michael Jordan of the Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, which, you know, she was very uh, gracious and very, um, you know, happy to meet me. And I, I, I hadn't really met her before. Uh, I think she was actually at the upfronts. I don't know if she was there, but I met the girls at the upfronts. Uh, mm -hmm. I hadn't met any of them before. I don't know them. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think they're great. I love Bren. She's got a lot of energy. And, you know, she's mm -hmm. got that sexy kitty cat, you know, appeal. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a hot girl. And anyway, so that was like the first time we really met and uh, it was fun to meet her. Mm -hmm. Do you think that um, it would be fun for, you know, the women to mix with some of the women who used to be on the show? Or do you think that, you know, maybe you all should just continue to do something like Ultimate Girls Trip and maybe just be in your own universe? Well, you know, listen, you never know. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the Roni um, Legacy OG cast, you know, we have our show coming out now in December. Uh, and, you know, it's a different flavor. I think that never say never. I would love to see us on Family Feud, wouldn't you? The OGs yes, I mean, that would be the fun. <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? So, you know, I think that there's a universe where, you know, you know, they might possibly, you know, mix us up and I don't know in what way, shape or form, but I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's genius. You're a genius, Ira. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I guess, the different flavor you said of interacting with the women on just a trip, obviously you've done trips before with all of these women, but how did this one feel different? Because I have to imagine, um, usually when you're going on a trip on Roni, it is you're already filming the season and then issues come up and you're already dealing with things as you've been filming, but you've been on a break from one another for the most part. And now, it, baby, yeah. did it feel like a real vacation or not? Well, you know, it, it really did because we haven't filmed in years uh, together. And so to be able to take a trip and reconnect with the girls on one week holiday back to St. Bart's uh, mm -hmm. was fantastic. I think it's really different from the first Ultimate Girls Trip, which is I was on that one as well. So you have women from different franchises coming together. So it's kind of a get to know you period as well. Mm -hmm. So it felt totally different, our OG trip, because we know each other really well already. Right. And so it feels, you know, it feels different in that way. And we get to talk about things from the past, from all the Roni seasons. Of course, there's going to be Scary Island references. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that fourth wall comes down. So you, you get to hear from... Kelly, what she you know heard the afterthought of you know all those years ago because I mean it was like ten years ago, uh, right. so I think it's really interesting. Of course, there is you know we have our own drama, and um, but I got to say we had a really fun time, and I think mm -hmm. I think that's a good shift. I think the some of the franchises can tend to get a little dark and or heavy, and, <laughs> and I feel and I feel like this is really light and fun. You know, of course, there's always drama when you put the Roni girls together. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it, it, was, it was a good time. And I think people are going to really love this show in terms of, you know, that fourth wall that comes down and you, you get to hear, you know, kind mm -hmm. of what happened in Kristen Takeman's life and why she's no longer on the show, and et cetera. So right. there's, a, there's a lot to unpack with all of us. And, uh, and along the way, there's a lot of comedy, as always. <laughs> Did it feel, you know, sort of weird with you, having you all there and then having, you know, the one missing elephant in the room, I guess, being Bethany and, you know, with her um, sort of recent anti-Bravo and Andy vibe? Like, how have you sort well, of reacted to Well, thank God she wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank, thank God she wasn't there. And we did not miss her. <laughs> 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 I have to imagine now that no one did. <laughs> no, didn't um, come up. Actually, did not even come up. <laughs> oh, that's e that's even better, you know, because you know she'll be watching. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like one of the questions that people are always asking about you is, how do you look so damn good? You're still one of the hottest housewives. What is the skincare routine? What is going on, Luann? Oh, I tell you, you know, it's funny because people are really loving the longer hair. And I feel like the longer mm -hmm. hair really does make my face look thinner. And everybody's going, yeah. well, what did you do? What did you? I haven't really done anything, you know, aside from, our, <laughs> you know, our little injections of Botox. But, but I really haven't done anything except get a little thinner, grow my hair longer, and like bump up my style. You know, mm -hmm. I've been working more... Um, you know, I've always styled myself. Um, and, you know, and I'm lucky I have Giovanni. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're absolutely looking great. Yeah. Thank I you. mean, we love the Giovanni. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and, you know, I feel like I'm in a, you know, it, this is a part of my life where I feel like I'm really in the driver's seat. Um, mm -hmm. I'm having a great time. I'm happy. Uh, I'm single and I'm enjoying that. Um, 
And I'm just, you know, I'm doing all kinds of things with, you know, television and, you know, cabaret and that being successful. It's just, I'm, I'm really living, you know, I'm living my dream right now. And I think that shows as well. I think when someone's happy, you can really see the difference. So. Okay. That's great that you've been, you know, um, single living life in New York. I've been through it, Charlotte. (laughs) I have been through it like everybody else. You know, you have your ups, your downs and you know, so I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm, I'm kind of plateaued here, you know, it's, so I feel mm-hmm. really good and, um, you know, my kids are good and, and like I said, you know, I'm enjoying being single and, um, and just, you know, doing what I love to do, which is you know, television and, and cabaret. Yes. Uh, I mean, well, speaking of, you know, like television and cabaret as well, um, you also, I feel like in 2019, there was the chance that you might have been doing Chicago and then that didn't happen. Sort of like what happened there? And is that something that's still a dream of yours, doing Broadway? Well, doing Broadway, uh, yeah. I mean, I, um, I at the time was, on, I was touring with my own show and mm-hmm. uh, they asked me to play Mama Morton and it just didn't work out. It was like a timing mm-hmm. issue and I didn't have enough time to rehearse and and so I kind of passed on it, but, um, but, you know, I love the idea of doing Broadway and, you know, who knows, maybe they'll circle back with Roxy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that would be fun too. So, you know, I think a better role for you. Right. Something a little I mean, flashier. Right. And, uh, and also, um, you know, other shows that are on Broadway, you know, making maybe little cameo appearances and stuff like that. You know, uh, I do love Broadway. I do sing some Broadway songs in my show, Cabaret. Mm-hmm. So, but I take them and I, I change them up. Like, you know, if I sing, um, if I sing um, Big Spender, you know, it's like, hey, big loser, you know, I, I change yeah. the lyrics, <laughs> you know, um, to make it more me. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't do a ton of Broadway. I do a lot of, um, my own music. And of course, um, I do some covers that I love to sing because it's really about my passion for music and growing up, you know, singing for my friends. And that's how I started cabaret. One of my best friends said, Lou, you love to host parties. You love to sing mm-hmm. for your friends and you love to tell jokes. If you don't know me, Eric, but I do love to tell jokes. So he goes, <laughs> you should be doing, you should be doing cabaret. And I'm like, Oh, I never even thought about that. Anyway. So when I started in 2018, I didn't really realize I was kind of filling a niche in cabaret that nobody's really doing cabaret right now it kind of turned into countess and friends to countess cabaret and you know before mm-hmm. i had a lot of guests and um and now it's it's my own show yeah i saw one of the earlier shows i think when you first started back when i used to live in los angeles so uh oh. that was that oh, was a wild event yes i saw the will turn yeah 2500 <laughs> people it was packed yeah <laughs> and you know and I booked the Wiltern again. I'm going to be playing Valentine's Day with a new show in I, 2024. I love that. Congrats. Yeah, so I'm I going mean, back to the Wiltern. What's some of the – I feel like, you know, doing the cabaret is so different from when you were just doing the show and then you'd be in New York and, like, a fan would stop you on the street. Now you are you you have interactions with them every show. You know, what's some of your favorite interactions that you might have had via the show and what's some that you were sort of like, this is the wildest interaction I've ever had? Well, okay, so my fans, oh, I do a Q&A with my audience, and mm-hmm. without a doubt, somebody asked me, okay, Countess, Mary F. Kill. So, <laughs> um, so I get this question, and she goes, okay, David Letterman, Brad Pitt, or Andrew Dice Clay? And I was mm. like, okay, well, I'm going to marry David Letterman because he's funny, 
and he's rich. Mm-hmm. I never like Brad Pitt that much, so I'm going to have to kill Brad Pitt, and I'm going to have to F Andrew Dice Clay. She goes, good, because he's sitting right behind me. <laughs> and Andrew Dice Clay stands up, I swear to God. I, I almost died. He stands up, he goes, and he's got a cigarette, you know, hey, here's my lipstick. Hang on, Countess. Countess, your show's fucking amazing. I love you, Countess. He was there, so he got dragged to my show by his fiance, and mm-hmm. um, and that's how he was in the audience. And I had no idea, and so that was like one of the funniest things that ever happened. And one of like <laughs> craziest things is that a fan projectile vomited on me. So that was oh my god, that was <laughs> that was that, that doesn't happen very often. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's some interesting things going on in my show because it's a fun time. It's a party. It is. The fans were lit, you know? They were dressed up. They party, they get dressed, they show up with their statement necklaces. They are out to see the Countess, and they show up. And, and, they, and they turn it out, which, I, you know, it's such a huge nod to me, you know? And they become mm-hmm. friends. They hang out together because they have the common thread of the housewives and something to talk about. So automatically, they're connected, which is so cool. They'll, like, they'll meet people, and then they'll go out together you know, you don't get that when you go to some, you know, random concert, right? It's like, there's no connection, you know, with, with my fans and my audience, they're totally connected. Um, and, and they're sharing this experience together and, and they have that common thread. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean, yeah, of course. You know, um, I'm very close friends with Danny Pellegrino and, uh, oh, you told him great. that you were looking at, venues once like sort of around australia so like have you had plans for the show to go international soon totally totally i am doing um a big festival for gay pride in june in london so i'm super excited about that yeah so i'm I'm getting over to london and we're working on dates for australia because we have a huge fan base or you know i do in, in australia so um so i'm really excited to get there because i'll have fans that come you know from australia from europe Ireland all the time and they have to come to New York because they can't see my show otherwise. So I'd mm-hmm. really like to bring my show overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that it's been sort of a um, interesting era for sort of like Bravo right now, just because um, I feel like so many of the housewives want to have like podcasts, right? Um, yeah. They're not doing cabaret shows, they're doing podcasts and they're sort of revisiting a lot of the shows that they did or they're talking about other shows. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever really revisited actual episodes of the previous um, Roni seasons? Uh, is that something that sort of terrifies you or sort of how do you feel about looking at old seasons of Luann, I feel like you've had one of the most, you've had one of the um, biggest journeys, I think, of anyone on Bravo from season one Luann to where you are now. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm not a big reminiscer. I just am Mm. not. I'm the kind of person that I always say the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who looks back a lot who reminisces a lot. I'm really somebody who tries to live in the moment and live for, you know, what's, what's next. Um, although, you know, I, I, I like to see my house in the Hamptons that I had years ago when I started. Um, uh, I, you know, because it doesn't, it's not there anymore, you know, cause mm-hmm. I've moved since then. So it's so great to see the house that we had 
um, to see the kids in Rosie, you know, with the townhouse in New York, all the schlepping I used to do with the kids, getting them in and out from the Hamptons to New York to school and back and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't go there often. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, you're even without reminiscing, you know, I feel like you're always just always been so open about discussing the past on the show, answering fan questions, you know? So I mean, like, how do you even find, I guess, this resilience to be able to discuss everything, to roll with the punches on the show too, and like see yourself one season and then at the reunion, discuss it and then move on. Right. Well, you know, you kind of have to, and, and that, being somebody like I just explained that I'm not a big reminiscer and I'm not thinking so much about like what happened before. Um, I'm able to move on quicker. I think than a lot of people, um, you know, and over the years I've become more resilient because life makes you resilient. You know, I've taken mm-hmm. a lot of punches. I always can <laughs> compare myself to that, that doll. Remember that the big blow up doll that had the weighted bottom and you would hit it and would yes. fall back and then <laughs> keep, keep bouncing back. I'm like that weighted doll that, you know, bam. And I, I just keep coming back. Um, you know, as long as I have that resilience and that um, flexibility in my life right now, I mean, I'm, I feel blessed and um, and the punches are getting easier as I go along. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, yeah. like, I try not to let, like Jill Zarin used to get the episode and go, oh, let's watch it. I can't wait to watch it. Like at nine o'clock at night, it would be like, yes. no, I want to sleep well tonight. <laughs> I am not watching it because I'll be thinking about it and I won't be able to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've always kind of, you know, my family always came first. Um, I've always been very protective. My kids have been on the show, but not not really a lot. Um, it's not their thing. Um, and they didn't sign up for it. So uh, they have been supportive. They've been amazing through the, throughout this journey and actually have grown up literally on television. And um, so, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like, you know, I'm on to my next chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and hopefully that includes, you know, a new husband, three times the charm, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, 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 I think we need another Countess wedding, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's the dating pool like in New York? I just deleted every app off my phone this morning, like a friend did. I was like, I'm t- I'm, I need to find people in the wild. Yeah, you need to be in the wild. I think it's a much better way of connecting. You know, I, I'm, you know during COVID, it was a great way to connect to people. Um, but, you know, God bless and, you know, you know, knock on wood that um, we don't have to go back to that way of living. And, and, and I'd love to go out and meet people. I, you know, I'm a people mm-hmm. person. You know, that's why I do cabaret. I love people and I love connecting to people, you know, in a real way. And I think, you know, you just have to get out and mingle if you're single. Yeah. <laughs> I guess lastly, Louette, you know, um, when can we expect some new music from you? Can we expect an album? Like, what's going on here? I'm, well, I am working on a new song, actually, with Bruce Roberts, um, okay. who wrote who wrote my new Christmas song with Billy Stritch. So I am mm-hmm. working on a new song. And the tone is Mary F. Kill, because that's really the, uh, oh, of course. The, tour, you know. the tour that's coming up. <laughs> so it's like, who do I want to marry? Who do I? So, um, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. So I do have a new music coming up um, and, you know, really kind of geared towards my next tour. And, um, and you know, and definitely talk about doing um, more music for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so for much sure. for being here, Luann. I mean, I feel like you've been you've been through so much on Bravo, and you've given us so much, and it's been so fun to see your journey. And you're you're oh, truly always you, on the top of everyone's favorite housewives. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. I hope you'll come to my new show. 
Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, it's check out York. the yeah. check out the dates. I don't know where you are. Are you in the city? I'm in New York. Yeah. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, yeah. I'm playing New York. I'm doing some holiday shows at the end of December. So Okay, great. I'll absolutely be there. Thanks to the Countess Luann for joining me this week. Thank you to Danny Pellegrino for being on Keep It Twice this week. And uh, we're going to take a tiny break from Keep It Real, uh, but we will be back with more episodes, more interviews, more reality TV chat. And uh, let us know who you want to see on the show. Who do you want me to talk to? I'm watching Big Brother UK right now. I'm watching Survivor UK. Uh, I'm watching House of Villains. Plenty of other people that I can talk to right now. So let me know. Keep It is a Crooked Media production. Our senior producer is Kendra James. Our producer is Chris Lord. And our associate producer is Malcolm Whitfield. Our executive producers are Ira Madison III and Louis Vertel. This episode was recorded and mixed by Evan Sutton. Thank you to our digital team, Megan Patzel and Rachel Gajewski, and to Matt DeGroote and David Tolls for production support every week. And as always, Keep It is recorded in front of a live studio audience. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I love the book, The Power Broker, the epic biography of former New York City planner Robert Moses. So I'm breaking it down 100 pages at a time and talking to special guests about why this book matters, like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually think if it wasn't for Robert Moses, I probably wouldn't have run for Congress. Listen to 99% Invisible's breakdown of The Power Broker every month on the 99% Invisible podcast feed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.